Talk Recorded live. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday night comic book corner. Uh, you don't know it, but it's really not Thursday night. It's actually Sunday night. Uh, we get a chance to record this uh, uh, podcast a little bit late as we had life come up during the course of the week. And so we're going to get into our walk through the Uncanny X-Men through classic stories. Um, if you've been with us for a while, we've been through the Proteus saga. We went through the Phoenix saga and there's the Dark Phoenix saga. And we even stopped off in Canada for a minute uh, last week. And uh, talk bad idea and talking yeah. about um, <laughs> Alpha Flight um, and kind of before I get into introductions and whatnot, um, I posted an article about Canada essentially deserving better uh, than Alpha Flight, and people went at me like, "Man, those books are awesome!" And I, I put it on Twitter. <laughs> I just, I don't get that at all. I don't get. That. Yeah, I, I put it on Twitter. I was like, I double dog dare you to go reread those books. Because um, they are a lot of things, but awesome is not one of them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I haven't heard back from anybody saying, like, you know, I did read it and it's still awesome. Or I hadn't heard back from anybody that said I didn't go back and or I did read it and it, it is really bad. Um, they're then, not awesome. They might have self-administered an STFU. Yeah, exactly. They might, yeah. or they may have caught some of those drugs that Puck was taking at the hospital and that horrible issue. Uh, seven or eight that no, this, those drugs weren't strong enough because they were rooting them. Yeah, <laughs> Lord, those books are terrible. Anyway, as you hear from uh, the back and forth there, my people are on the call. Uh, Brother Beavis is on the call. Say what's up, Brother Beavis. What's up, my muties? All right, uh, Sam Ann's on the call. What's up, y'all? What's going on? All right, and the ten percenter himself. Uh, Big Hodge is on the call. What's up? What's up? Yeah, I, the joke I made is that uh, we talked about this before a different podcast is that y'all listen more when Hutch is involved in this podcast, so we have to make sure that he can <laughs> work, work our schedule around. Secret ingredient. Uh, yeah, work our schedule around Hutch so he can be on the podcast. Because when it's just uh, Brother Beavis and uh, Sandman and myself, I think we agree with each other too much. Uh, so we don't have the hot takes that Hutch has. So um, Yeah, Hutch is the Wolverine of the group. Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah, I was thinking he's, you know, more of the forge. But, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's kind of jacked up. Damn. Yeah, he's gonna, well, he's just going to, uh, he's going to tinker with a lot of things. And, you know, he's just the master tinker. That's basically what it is. Forge um, does like black women, so... There you go. <laughs> well, Got he did all right with, with Storm, hey. Yeah, he did. But he also yeah, shot her with a ray and took her powers. Yeah, so. yeah and she was pissed. Yeah. And, he yeah. had, and Big Hutch has been known to do that shit, too. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so as we go into the days of future past... I can't really we, uh, back that up. <laughs> yeah. I, have no, I have no verifiable proof. All right. Um, we uh, we go into Days of Future Past. This is issues number 141 and 142 of Uncanny X-Men. Again, at the time, nobody knew that this was going to be this classic storyline. It's just two standalone issues. There's also the last issue of the Chris Claremont, John Byrne era at 142. 
that uh, ends their original partnership on the Uncanny X-Men. They get back together much later on uh, to not nearly the amount of success. Um, but um, these books were also in Big Hutch's uh, subscription when he had a subscription back in the day. Hutch, do you remember getting these books in the mail? Yeah, I love when I got that first issue of 141. I thought after I thought I, I, I ordered my, my X Men issue like when, at like 135. And I was, hey, someone gets the Phoenix Saga and how it's going to end, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and as always, as I keep saying, if we had collected these books and CGI graded them we'd be having this podcast on the moon um, because we'd be so rich. (laughs) But we didn't. Um, Those books came in the mail folded, uh, for one, uh, so that didn't help. Um, And then we read them so many times that it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Um, So uh, 141 opens up with this awesome cover. Uh, I think we alluded to it at the end of the the Alpha Flight podcast where it's Kitty Pryde, Hutch's favorite old Wolverine, old man Logan, I guess, and um, with a poster of the X Men about who have been killed and apprehended or um, uh, killed or apprehended. And you go through the list, you know, Cyclops has been killed, Nightcrawler has been killed. Now, look at the note the fighting skills of all the people that have been killed, by the way. Um, Cyclops has been killed, Angel is killed, Iceman is mm-hmm. killed, uh, Beast is also killed. Uh, just you know, just saying, look at who, what they're fighting is. Just somehow Colossus survived, uh, Hutch. Any, mm. any reason that Colossus survived with his excellent fighting? Uh, because he had a poison body armor? Nah, duly noted. Uh, and he looks are good to him. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're good, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Kitty Pride Sprite somehow survives, and she's on the cover here with uh, Wolverine. Um, As an adult, yeah. As an adult, yes, we get adult Kitty Pride. Um, still not much better than teenage Kitty Pride in my world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no. the, the book opens Days of Future Past. Um, the city is in ruins, essentially. Um, there's ev- things everywhere. Kitty Pride is making this, you know, this mission, essentially trying to find Wolverine to get him this uh, care package. But the city has been, you know, taken over, essentially, or the world has been taken over by the Sentinels. And they have categorized people into, you know, humans, into mutants, and, um, you know, that basically the world has been kind of destroyed and ended the way that we know. And the X-Men and many of the other heroes of the world finally fought, fought on the X-Men's side and leave them out there to hang it out to dry uh, like they normally do. Um, and many of them also died as well. Um, and basically, uh, this is the story of how that happened. Um, uh, Sandman, what do you remember about this before we get too far into it. Um, I remember, um, I don't remember when I first saw this uh, story. It might have been over one of your, uh, your house, uh, mm-hmm. reading um, the old X-Men. And uh, I was like, damn, they're all dead in this story? Because, you know, I, I didn't know it was like an alternate timeline story. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I guess it, since it joins with the regular timeline, it's a regular story also. But, um, yeah, the fact that Cats um, uh, was dead, you know, that the uh, iconic cover, Obviously, you know, um, you didn't see that a lot you know, back then, you know, with stories where everybody's dead and um, um, it was different. <laughs> it was a it's, a it's a great story. It's a, you know, time travel, obviously. 
And um, it's very deep, as we said before in some of the other podcasts. It's very wordy. But, you know, in yeah. this case, it, it has to be, you know, they have a lot to explain. But um, another classic episode. Right. Uh, Brother Beavis. Yeah, I mean, the the 141 cover just, like, sucks you in. Because, like, what? Red Dead? But yeah. as you get into it, it's like, you know, the violence of the deaths and the, you know, the really, the star portrayal of the deaths is even much more so. Because you... You know, here's a comic where you, they've already killed Thunderbird, which was sort of a, like, almost like a false start. And then they just mm-hmm. killed off Jean Grey recently. But even those are, like, you don't really see the bodies. And here you see, like, you know, full-on disintegrations and paling right. and things like that. You see the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the row of tombstones. But, like, the other thing was, like, the inclusion of Franklin Richards. Like, you kind mm-hmm. of said, it was sort of interesting. Right. He doesn't play a big part, but them really touching the rest of the universe. But I mean, I think in retrospect, like for, for a series that was so tight, like issue, 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 just stories leading into stories for this one is like, you know, it it is right in continuity, but it's like also a total break too. It's just so, it's just so jarring. And I think that's like the strength of it. And it really sets up for all the, like this, all the sort of elseworld story, elseworld stories that have come whether it's, you know, just other stories they fit in continuity or Age of Apocalypse, you know, this sort of sets the tone and sets the expectation for those things in the X-Men series to go. Right. Hodge? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, it's one of those, it's one of these books that you, you, I read when I got in the mail. I was so happy it was folded in half. It said they were going to send them flat, but whatever. I just kept reading it, kept reading it, kept reading it. And it, I mean, it's some shocking stuff, and it's, I don't know how I got past the uh, the, uh, the parents guide or the the comics, the comics code. code. Yeah, the comics yeah. code. <laughs> Does that even exist anymore? I think Marvel just withdrew from it altogether in the recent days. Probably did. I think. Right. Well, I think probably more than anything, um, what I remember most about it is um, the row of dead villain or dead heroes. Um, you know, they have, you know, when K- Kitty has to walk through there to see who all, mm-hmm. you know, walks past the dead and right. then the deaths that are in the next issue, um, in 142, um, cause they're brutal in a sense. And then two, you did, you kind of knew, I mean, you knew it was an alternate reality, but it was also weird just seeing everybody killed like that. I was like, Whoa, you know, and especially Wolverine, spoiler alert, um, like Wolverine's death was like, Whoa, what in the world happened here? Um, and that just mm-hmm. kind of blew me away at the time. And then, you know, the, you know we're going to get into the, the cartoon version of Days of Future Past, and we're also going to get into the movie Days of Future Past as we go through the book here. Um, so we just, you know, this is this is sacred ground for comics. Um, like, it's just probably only a few stories here and there that, you know, if they're going to touch on it in a movie or revisit it in a comic book, that they need to tread very, very lightly. Um, and this is one of those stories, um, for me at least, um, they cannot mess with this. And again, they did in a movie, uh, and in my opinion, they did a very good job at it. Um, but like I said, we'll get to it later. Um, but basically the only surviving X-Men are Kitty, Storm, uh, and Colossus. They picked up a couple of new mutants, um, which are Rachel Summers, who is the daughter of Cyclops and Jean Grey in this timeline. And Had she been introduced Frank, prior to this? No, this was her no, first this was appearance. This. this was her introduction. Right. 
Yeah, this is her first appearance. And then Magneto has also survived. Now, if you draw this out based on the X-Men, the, the Days of Future Past, the movie, Storm was a survivor, Kitty Pryde was a survivor, uh, and Magneto was a survivor. Uh, no Rachel Colossus. Summers. No. Oh, he did make Colossus, that. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Colossus did make it, too. Yeah, Look he at was, him. Yeah. Surviving yeah. stuff and apocalypse. <laughs> wow. So, Good on you, Yeah. Good on yeah. <laughs> so put some respect on his name. Um so yeah, so basically they they the plots are essentially the same. They're, that they're trying to go back into the future to change the past. Yeah, to go into the past and the past the future. Yeah, they need to go back to change the future and it does evolve around the sentinels. Um now Charles doesn't make the, the cut here in the book. And then Kitty becomes an essential part in the the book, but maybe in the movie they kind of made weird with her powers. I don't know where she went from being able to phase to being able yeah. to um, six at times. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's uh, a huge that was, sticking point for me in the movie. That was a huge stretch. Well, I mean, um, if you accept the fact that she can phase through physical matter, then you have to be able to consider extend that through temporal matter as well. Jesus. <laughs> because comics um yeah yeah um so that is the plot so rachel now is the person that's going to send old kitty pride's mind back into the body of young kitty pride hutch's favorite um and go ahead i just say yeah yeah that's your fave um and so when this team does shift back it's back instead of sending wolverine back um, they send Kitty back and they shift to a scene in the danger room. Everybody's fighting. Angel still sucks. Um, <laughs> I can't believe he no. died in the future. Yeah. yeah. We didn't see that coming at all, did we? Yeah. I'm sure he was one of the first. He may have been the Christmas addicts or whatever resolution that this was. <laughs> um, so, um, Everybody's in the danger room again. Angel makes another poor decision in the danger room, which he did two issues prior to this, where almost everybody gets killed because of something that he did, um, and then everybody has to save poor Kitty um, as usual. Um, and it leads to this weird scene where Kitty has to go through this like little training exercise that Xavier puts together that everybody's like, like that was way too easy before her old self meets with her new self. And, uh, her young self, and you get this transition for you know her being able to explain this story to the to the rest of the X Men. Um, kind of transition back to the movie. Um, the the X Men movies are essentially Wolverine movies, but at least in this version, they did a very good job with it. Like um, you know, I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, um, kind of shoehorning him into that, making him the the focus point of that. It really it felt okay. It almost felt a little organic, but it, you know, it's still a Wolverine story and it was, you know, it shortchanged a lot of the other characters in the, in the, in the movie just to be able to get Wolverine in, into it. Um, Hutch. I mean, yeah, yeah, the movie, I mean, I, I like the way the movie did it. Yes, Jackman is, the Wolverine is the focal point. I, I, I didn't mind it. Brother Beavis. The thing that was striking to me about the movie is how worthless their team was when it came down to them fighting the Sentinels and Magneto. 
And they had to rely on Beast and Wolverine with Bone Claws. And there was yeah. literally zero they could do uh, uh, Sentinels or Magneto. Yeah. yeah. So I think right. they were all fine for moving the story, the story forward. But as soon as it came time to fight, they were fucked. Fan <laughs> <laughs> um, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie is good. I mean, especially uh, considering the, the um, they had to get this right, you know. And you know, just like you said before, and I was surprised how good it actually was. Um, yeah, the the Kitty Pride thing uh, that was unforgivable. I, I I hate that they do that. Just give somebody powers because they need to. But um, I mean, it was and like you said, it was the Wolverine show. Everything's kind of molded around him, but it it did work. The the spirit of the story was still the same. You felt the urgency. You felt uh, there was great, um, a lot of things um, were depending on them succeeding. So uh, it's uh, they did a good job. Yeah, they could talk about it. Like, they took the general pretense. Like, they didn't really, they didn't really copy a lot of the beats. They didn't, like, you know, maybe a couple scenes, but they just, they just sort of made, took the general pretense which I think is really compelling, and, and that's sort of the strength of it. And then they just, you know, made a solid story around it. Right. Yeah. And then, and we talked about this on a previous podcast, is that when we all heard about that this was the movie that they were going to do after first class, I think all of our sphincters got a little tight. We're like, mm, well, hold on a second. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's such a great idea. And we were thinking if they, they had, if they had gone it. for a more literal translation, I think it would have been problematic. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and this is, you know, and the singer gets a lot of credit for this, and he should. Um, you know, we can't give him any credit for Apocalypse, but we can give him a lot of credit for this one and sticking to a, you know, a generalized story that makes sense and still could call it Days of Future Past based on what had happened. I mean, like, I think it works out, you know, perfectly. But he also, you know, again, he also gave us Apocalypse, and that's that's a problem. So, you know, he gets the praise for this one. All the praise is due to him. But, you know, I, I, I also I wonder sometimes, you know, does how how well of a grasp does he actually have on the characters and the property that he that he's dealing with? Um, I thought he had it before. He kind of got away from it, and now maybe he's gotten back to it. Um, I. I don't know. I like that movie. We're going to talk about here in a second. But of course, again, Kitty's in danger. Everybody has to do everything to save Kitty Pride. Um, uh, like I said, Xavier gives her her little test. Everybody laughs, and then she gets zapped from her future self. And then, of course, of course, Kurt is always now. Look, Kurt can uh, t- teleport for everything else except when he's in danger and fighting. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> it's true. Like he's fighting Wendigo, he can't teleport. But he's fighting like the, go get Kitty. He can he could teleport very very quickly and easily. Go uh, get some lemonade, so, bitch. Go get oh. some lemonade. That's right. Go service everything. Yeah. Go bow down and go get my bags out of the truck. He can do all that. Mm-hmm. But, yep. Yeah. But anyway, so Kitty wakes up and it's like oh you know remember it's her old mind there and she's so surprised that everybody is here and you know thank the Lord that everybody's well and all night and all those types of things. And then she proceeds to explain the story about what had happened, about the Sentinels taking over the world after Senator Kelly gets assassinated, all that stuff. Now we can transition back to the the X-Men, the animated series, because Brother Beaver said that he saw that recently, um, that 
when they did it on there, it was like, whoa, they're going to do this too? You know, but they do the story based around Bishop coming back in time um, and Ford sending him back in time to prevent, you know, the assassin, air quotations, not knowing who the assassin was. Assassin? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think my favorite Bishop lines in those are, oh, man. (laughs) Oh, that's basically. <laughs> that's basically it. Hutch, do you remember yeah. watching the the cartoon? I remember watching it. Yeah, I don't remember but it like be... that. What? I don't remember it like I don't have it uh, by birth or nothing for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's they do a fairly decent job there. You know, again, dealing with the the cast of characters that they have there. Um, you know, we don't, you don't see any of the X-Men from the future except Wolverine. Um, and then they do everything based on, I think it was, I guess, Nimrod and the, um, and the Sentinels, uh, taking out everybody because Nimrod comes back from the past to, uh, to find Bishop in the future. Um, that was just shoe holding Nimrod in there. I can do a whole podcast on why Nimrod is stupid too, by the way. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's awful. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, so yeah, and he comes back in time, and then you know again revolving around the. Uh, Nimrod looks like is like he was designed around the state of the art that the toy industry could produce at the time. Yeah, like good way to put it. Yeah, it's just it wasn't a good character, and they gave him like such a push too that yeah. you know yes, he was supposed to fear Nimrod, and he was an awful character. Um, but he was yeah. like a weirder looking T one thousand or whatever the yeah 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 and this well, was around yeah. that time too where it's doing like a kind of this because uh, this probably this book probably came around out around the same time that Terminator came out right I meant to look that up yeah. earlier yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember 80, that. yeah it, 80, this is eighty three eighty four eighty four yeah yeah eighty four yeah. And Terminator came out when? This is probably around the same time. Got to be very close to one another. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure that in the biting sense that comics and movies do from one another, well, I'm sure. And this, this, this would start the trend of biting on James Cameron movies. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, the brood, I'm looking at you. Yes, <laughs> we are brooding. Yeah. Right. Um, so... Yeah, but so the, they, the interesting thing about the comic or the cartoon was they, you know, they took some of the more kind of modern stories with Bishop and the witness storyline where he believes mm-hmm. that potentially Gambit, Gambit is responsible for Gambit, the, right. the death of the X-Men. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. I, I think there was an interesting kind of transformation process they went through to try and like merge 30 years of continuity at the time across the, all the different properties. So there's a great little bit in there where after Bishop comes um, back and uh, Storm says to um, oh, uh, to the to Gambit, Rose. like, I know, yes, it, like, yep. he's just thinking through the rooms, like, Gambit, I know you better than everyone. And, and he was a little pause like the rogue. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they look at each other like, mm. uh, It was a very quick bit. Um, so, I saw that too. Awesome. I was rolling. Yeah. Like, I ain't like, seen mm. dick or nothing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I saying I didn't see his dick. <laughs> and, and that's interesting because that's like, you know, Gamma's origin in the comics where I think uh, Storm is like a child at the time. And I don't know if that, mm-hmm. I can't remember if that's like tied into like her getting her powers back. But that, I think they had just like 
come back from Genosha or whatever. But yeah, I mean right. that's just that's right. one of the strengths of the cartoon is the way they really like stuck a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff from the comics in that cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean it's and it's done a did a very good job in this whole process too of making it you know giving you enough from the comic and then giving you enough from the new stuff to make it you know passable so you didn't be like oh like I hate it like they did with the Age of Apocalypse where they mm-hmm. only gave you very little on the cartoon from the comic and just some mm-hmm. of the character designs and it was like awful um, but anyway so yeah everybody's dead essentially um, and then again this whole process going from the future to the past everybody's trying to um, stay away from the Sentinels to you know essentially waiting for you know to see if Kitty can accomplish whatever it is she's trying to accomplish. Now, I, I've said this before, um, Brian Singer's opening for X2 and for this movie are awesome. Like, the opening for X2 and the opening for the passage is great. They're great. Uh, the, that yeah. scene with the Sentinels yes. drilling into them and them fighting them and uh, Bishop getting transported, I mean, the, it's just awesome. Um, for a second, and, I thought you were talking about the intro to X-Men, The Last Dance. Which is not actually the worst thing ever put on film. Yeah, but also not Brian Singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But also not Brian Singer. But also Apocalypse is the intro, and that's a terrible opening too. The all the intro so, oh, introduction yeah. to Apocalypse is awful. There's um, a bunch of CGI shit about people you yeah. don't know or care about. And have yeah, fun with that. yeah, here's 15 minutes. Good luck. Um, so yeah, uh, Franklin Richards bites it. Now Franklin is still a mutant. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm a check. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's still a mutant, so um, he bites it though, and they kill him naturally. Um, and then there's a little so, bit of wait a battle. A so at this point, though, they do have their powers because they have their collars off, and his power mm-hmm. is he can create any reality he wants. Correct. Yeah, they made so, a whole story about that from the right, moment so maybe, when he died. Yeah. Right. Well, so why don't you make a different reality? Is basically what you're saying. <laughs> one, in, one in which you're not the first motherfucker to get obliterated. Joke. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, didn't see that. I'm coming. not saying you have to set lofty goals, but not being the first person dead probably should be on probably. your checklist. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, we get the fastball special into the future as well. Yeah. Wolverine, you know being Wolverine again because he can fight robots. He does his best. But Colossus is is awesome in this. You know, he gets offense. He gets... uh, Maybe with age came the ability to fight, Hutch, right? Yeah. Having gray hair in metal form is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say something about that. Yeah, Yeah. it was, yeah. He's got Ray Richards' hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he might um, have remarkable fighting in the future. Ooh, ah. he would be worth something if he had some, you know, even excellent fighting. Man, he would be, uh, he'd be a good. But character. he is excellent. No, he is excellent. Is it excellent? Is excellent. I thought it was yeah, good excellent. or something. Oh, okay. I think it was excellent. Which is kind of crazy, by the way, because Colossus, ain't, <laughs> at least early Colossus, that cat, he was a scrub except for his strength. Uh, what? What'd you say? You know, your phone's crapping out, dude. He can reliably hit the ground when he's dropped from a flying plane or flying. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Reliably. Yeah. yeah. He is good at that. Um, yeah. So issue one ends with 
the introduction to Raven Darkholm or Mystique or uh, Jennifer Lawrence, depending on whichever movie we're talking about. <laughs> um, you know, this issue with uh, Jennifer Lawrence being the focal point, uh, uh, one of the focal points of that movie as well, um, not nearly as much as she is in Apocalypse, but we do get our first introduction to the new Hellfire Club. Uh, the, brother, new Brotherhood of Mut- Evil Mutants. Brotherhood. Why do I keep saying Hellfire? I'm sorry. The New Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So, led by Mystique with Destiny, Avalanche, Pyro, and then the Blob. Now, I think these are all first appearances for everybody except the Blob, right? I think Pyro I think so. is new to this. I think they're all mm-hmm. new to this, even including Mystique. I think this is our first introduction as well. Um, mm. so, mm, it might be right, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is why this book is so valuable for a lot of different reasons, but there's also that. And, you know, basically they're on this plot to assassinate Senator Kelly. He is not president. He is wanting to run for president. Um, if you saw in the comic book or in the cartoon that he's also Senator Kelly, um, and he is looking to be um, assassinated as well by the Brotherhood. Also I think by first appearance is cited as Miss Marvel number 16. Oh, okay. Mm, now, okay. okay. So this is pre. Okay. So okay, that was pre rogue whatever. Okay. Thank you. So basically, yeah, they're all together plotting to assassinate Senator Kelly. Senator Kelly's also got Reed Richards hair as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a popular style. And it's a popular style. Um, and they're having these Senate hearings, which a lot of this they pulled from the. Um, the the original X Men movie was about the the, yeah. the hearings about mutants in the original X Men movie as well, um, right. but the walls come tumbling down, and there's going to be this fight scene at the standoff here between the X Men and the New Brotherhood. Um, I hate Blob, by the way. Yeah, he's a dumb <laughs> character. Just awful. I can't be moved. Nothing moved. The blob. Um, well, just, yeah, it's like awful. he's super strong, he's super resistant, and yet he, he never seems to not get defeated, and he doesn't really defeat anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a strange character. So he actually has super strength, like like he could go him and Colossus or similar, or is that yeah. just like, it seems like it's almost a convenient thing with him in some of these books. Is, yeah, well, he's got, you know, he got a, a, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. nebulous, yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely. I think the interesting thing about Pyro to me was always like he can't make fire; he can control it. That was that was just like an interesting yeah. twist. Yeah. yeah. Avalanche. Yeah. I think they haven't really settled on what his powers are in this book because he he becomes much more like he can disrupt the earth. Now it's like he can control; he can disintegrate any inorganic matter. Like oh, mm-hmm. we might need to walk that back. That might that might be a little too powerful. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. And then you look at the team. You know, it's Colossus, Wolverine. Storm, Angel, Kitty Pride, and Nightcrawler, and then <laughs> they got uh, <laughs> wow. they got the Blob, Pyro, Mystique, and then uh, Destiny. Um, really, not a lot of people that you're like, you know, I want to dress up for them as Halloween. Um, <laughs> it's really kind of some, you know, I mean, you know, Wolverine's there, I guess, but it's really kind of like the X Men should be able to take these people out fairly easily, even with this team which is not their greatest team at all. Um, but, yeah. So, Time Out of Mind is the next issue in 142. You okay back there, Hutch? Did we get you back? 
I'm here. Oh, okay. So we're just trying to make sure that you were on and on there. But basically, this yeah. issue is also has a great cover as well. Go ahead, Hutch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But 142, where everybody dies. <laughs> yeah, on the cover line, <laughs> they just straight up say it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, exactly. And the him holding Storm like a rag doll there has always kind of thrown me off. Like, man, she's so stiff, but she's not. Um, and then Wolverine <laughs> getting, you know, getting vaporized burnt. by Sentinel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird. So, yeah, the title is actually Mind Out of Time. Again, the final issue of the Claremont Burn original run and saga. Um and then the split between the two books, and it'll jump back and forth in, you know, between the future and the past. And then there's a complete shift in terms of um, the book at the end of one issue and then to the uh, the start of the next issue because they were kind of, like, outside and between each other, and then now they're inside a building fighting. <laughs> Might have been one of those issues <laughs> that John Byrne was like, I can't deal with Chris Claremont anymore. Um, <laughs> because I drew him inside. Fuck him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the blob, the blob gets the first offense. You know, the Senator Kelly is like, get these people out of here. And then the first offense is against a police officer. And then Avalanche starts to move the earth. And then everybody's on the way. Now, Kalot, and now Nightcrawler gets some offense. He does his bamfing thing, which he did against um, Wendigo, right? Was that Wendigo in the last issue? He was beating him with a stick, though. That didn't help. Yeah, it didn't do but nothing, <laughs> Yeah, but he's punching with his typical strength on Avalanche. <laughs> um, is it typical or good, Hutch? Typical. Typical. Yeah. So I don't know what he's supposed to do. He's got body armor on and everything, so there's nothing happening. And then his, like, only, his strategy was like his fighting was good enough. He could get a stun pretty reasonably. So all he could do was stun somebody and hope Colossus came over. Once they were stunned, Colossus could actually hit him, and then he could take him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets taken out because Destiny told him to get left, and that's where he's going to appear. Um, Colossus fighting Pyro. Pyro puts a fire hand on him. He's like, I'm not sure if my body can take this. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, you made a metal. I don't think he's going to melt you, but, I mean, I guess it's possible. But he's Colossus. 80s Colossus. Sorry, Hutch. This boy is terrible, man. There's a story somewhere, like, around maybe the early 200s where he gets, like, uh, he's, like, superheated and he's basically turned to stone because he gets flash frozen. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah. Who, yeah. who were they yeah. fighting then? The Morlocks, maybe? Uh, it was Avalanche and Pyro. Now, yeah. is it? Uh, was it? With, um, who was I remember who that was. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're here. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Pyro. Who was the Ice Dude? I'm trying to say. But yeah, they froze. They, yeah, they, they got Ice Dude? It was, a, it was Ice Guy or Ice Powered Hero or Villain. Obviously not Ice Man, but... Um, um, I know Brother Blue was looking it up post haste. Um, <laughs> I but, wasn't, but I will. No, yeah, I <laughs> But as the battle continues, um, as Colossus is getting uh, fired up, so to speak, Wolverine's going to puncture through Pyro with his claws, and then Storm has to protect Pyro with a 
tornado and then put off put Colossus out all at the same time because she doesn't want Wolverine hurting anybody. And he gives mm-hmm. her the line, Well Cyclops would have never did that. Um and she's like, Well I'm not Cyclops essentially. Um and then of course our two other heroes that, you know, join the fight, well Angel and Sprite or Kitty Pride are flying someplace else because they're useless, basically. To go help <laughs> and protect Sarah Kelly. I mean this is so pointless. I have no idea why either of the two of them are on the X Men at this point. So mm. you were saying back to Wolverine at some point, and I, I, I thought it was this is actually a really cool exchange that that in fact she's not Cyclops. She distinguishes herself from him, and the, and the, the Cyclops Wolverine relationship is pretty interesting. Mm. But you know, I think yeah. there Wolverine is like I accept that Cyclops is going to do what needs to be done, but here he's dealing with like Storm won't kill. And mm-hmm. all I can do is kill, and and just the way they relate to each other, you know, he still has that sort of, you know, respect for authority within the X Men, but mm-hmm. you know, he's got to figure out how it all works. I I think this is actually a really great exchange that establishes her leadership. Right, and then, and then right. we kind of we probably glossed over that because we skipped over one thirty eight where Cyclops goes and fights. Uh, uh, where he goes off on his own and leaves because most of the flashbacks are about Storm now being the leader of the X-Men. And she's going to keep this title for a very long, until Forge takes her powers, essentially, um, where Nightcrawler becomes leader of the X-Men, which was an abject failure and um, <laughs> on many levels. And, um, you know, she establishes herself as the leader of the X-Men. She does distinguish herself from there. And her ability to lead the team is completely different than Cyclops, completely. And but in a good, in not in a negative way, it's, it's completely different in a very, you know, a, a good way in terms of moving the team forward. It's, it's almost in a not a I want to say a motherly type fashion that she takes over the team, but it's kind of in a motherly like fashion that she takes over the team, especially because Xavier doesn't talk down to her as much uh, as he except did for the Secret Wars. Well, except for Secret Wars, but that was when she went crazy. Mm. Yeah, right. You know, because she was, you know, finding herself. Um, so anyway, the battle moves on. Um, back in, you know, of course, there's a recap in the middle of the book, and then back into the future on the Baxter building. Now, um, it would have been nice to have Reed Richards there or Franklin there since he grew up there, but you know, he got vaporized and stuff. Couldn't <laughs> 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 quite make it that far. Um, now the story in the book is that. They need to get, um, uh, not in the book, in the movie, the story is going from uh, them having to save uh, what what event, well, I guess that was it, President Nixon? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, were really, they were just really trying to stop the Mutant Registration Act. Right. I don't know if they called it that. Right. but mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, there's this whole bit about Mystique wanting to go kill, and that's what she does because she's a killer now and she's broken away yeah. from Magneto and, but she's a killer now. And, you know, I mean, there's some parts of that that you could tell was just, you know, look, we got these two really good actors and we want to play them off scenes of one another. And it's fine. I mean, she's, it's, she's perfectly acceptable in that only because she's playing off a of Fazbender. Um, if it was somebody right. else, it would not work. Um, but those scenes are perfectly okay. I mean, and again, like brother, we said that once they get into, you know, through the fighting of the actual Sentinels. I mean, good luck. There's really nothing that y'all can do to save any of these people because the, everybody here is useless. 
you know, but it's also intercut with the battle that's going on in the future where you get everybody, you know, a chance to see their powers. You know, Storm is there, um, Bishop is there, uh, Iceman, um, who else am I missing here? Uh, Sunspot. What, Warp, Sunspot. Warpath. Um, and, then, and Warpath. And Blink, uh-huh. you know, who, who's great in that. I mean, you know, they really do a good job of establishing those characters as a team that is obviously because they have to keep doing this every few days of transporting themselves of being, you know, excellent, you know, fighters and, and survivors, um, you know, in the and future. And their whole Sunspot thing was confusing because they gave him Sunfire's power, but they made him Sunspot. It's like, well, right. uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. I guess him turning black on screen maybe wasn't so great. Oh, yeah, maybe. that could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, don't wanna, we don't want to. We don't want to make it look like there's too many black people in here. Yeah, in the future. <laughs> yeah, and then, then if we can't have give them three too much, we'll make it. Yeah, we'll have three people make it. Vote Trump. All right. So um, the assault continues. Storm takes out one of the Sentinels. Um, they make their assault into the building. There is a lot of wordiness in this book, as uh, Sandman had said before. Um, and I remember reading this when I was a kid, not knowing any idea where this story was going. At, at no point in time, even though it's on the cover that says everybody dies, there was no point that I thought that literally everybody was going to die. Like, that made no sense to me at all. And uh, they weren't lying. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't lying at all. So I've done my research. Okay. It was Pyro and Avalanche. But they conveniently surrounded him with liquid nitrogen trucks and then cracked open the liquid nitrogen trucks to to make him cold. Flash freeze. There was a whole scene with, like, Kitty being all upset about that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Yep. Uh Whatever. Damn, Kitty cried. Um, So, (laughs) um, yeah, so the battle in the future raises on in 1980. um, And then... uh, there's Pyro getting punched, but nothing's really happening. Wolverine's riding on a rock from Avalanche. Everybody's getting pushed back by Storm as she pushes him out of the building, out from the street. There's John Byrne drawing himself into a book. Um, <laughs> where is he? Huh? Again. He loves Again. Oh, yeah. no, he draws himself. He puts himself in books all over the place. Um, and Cyclops or Colossus gets knocked the mm, out uh, by uh, out by, of the building uh, yeah. by the blob who tries to crush him doesn't work and you know by the white wolf we gotta get on Colossus's catchphrase too. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 His catchphrase is terrible, man. Come on, Hutch, He's your boy, man. That's a terrible catchphrase. Um, so. Right. So anyway, so the mutants, the National Guard comes, and of course they attack the mutants. Which ones? Doesn't matter. So of course the Lions <laughs> is the one that takes <laughs> Of course. Shoot them all. Um, yeah. Shoot them all. Um, you know, and it's just, you know, all this, it's a whole bunch of fighting scenes that are actually done really well, just and with a lot of words. And essentially Wolverine gets eaten by one of the fire creatures, Storm puts him out, and then there's the scene that, um, that Brother Beavis was alluding to about, you know, him, you know, Owen Storm for helping him out there. And then we get this shape-shifting scene and the fight between the two Nightcrawlers. Now, at no point in time did I read this back then that I think that those two would be related. Did you think that, uh, Sandman? 
No, no. There was a, I don't know if they came up with that idea later or not. It's the first time Nightcrawler uh, uh, clearly ever sees Mystique. So I don't remember. Did they pursue that anymore, like in uh, future episodes? Uh, oh, books, yeah. Like, uh, no, I mean, his, you know, like recently? Or, yeah, yeah, we know, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, as soon as, yeah, because, I mean, they do look like each other. But at first I was like, eh, that's a coincidence. <laughs> but, yeah, it makes sense. That they would um, pursue it later on. I uh, I happened to catch a letters page. I was reading some of the ones downstream, and I kept happened to catch a re- uh, letters page, and somebody was saying, like, yeah, they're clearly related because they're both blue, because all blue people know each other, you know, you know. But they were saying it was like bro- they were saying they were brother and sister, though. So, mm. all right, yeah, yeah. Um, I I like the Mystique character. Um, I liked it a lot more, I guess, um, in the comics than I did before they turned her like into like a cool heel. Like I liked mm-hmm. it when she was evil, um, like in bad and now or later on where they turned her into you know, she was part of X Factor and you know, it was just kinda like on some suicide squad junk and I didn't really like that. Um, like she's a good, clear villain whose intentions were whatever. But then since they married her to the fact that, well, this one's her son, and then this one she raised as her daughter, like her her intentions were always going to be kind of muddled at that point. And so they kept kind of pushing her towards the center. And I didn't like her as a, like a centric character. It just took away anything that was cool about her. Um, Her appearance in the movies, you know, I, I, you know, we've always gone over this. Are you a Romaine Stamos or are you a Jennifer Lawrence person? I know where Hutch is. Hutch, you haven't changed, have you? I, I, I have not. Same old. Okay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, Sandman. Yeah, definitely Stamos. I can't stand general. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> J Law. Think her damn name, J Law. Yeah, Brother Beavis. Well, I mean, I would have to go with Jennifer Lawrence just because I don't think Stamos brings anything other to the role other than appearance. Like her, right. like all the dialogue in X Men, like everybody. Like the Sabretooth and Ray Park and her, that everyone has terrible dialogue. But right. even beyond that, I mean, yeah, I didn't like that they turned her into Bruce Lee. I didn't care for that. But oh yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I thought the characterization, the fact that she was like, and she has to do everything with her legs, right? Mm. Yeah, I just. I mean, I, I mean, I they didn't give Romaine Stamos anything to do but be the right. body. Yeah. You know, if if you gave her something else, then maybe she yeah. would have been able to do it. The only reason they gave the other one something else is because she has an Oscar. Yeah. So and they the, kept uh, giving her more. The issue where uh, Colossus does get turned to stone is like 177, and that's where mm-hmm. like Mystique rents out Murder World to train against the X Men, and it, that's mm-hmm. like that's a one of the places where they really establish like yeah her power is shape shifting but she's actually you know very capable and she like she cows the brotherhood of evil mutants you know blob revolts like immediately and they're like oh no you don't want to push up against her but you know so they 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 sort of they they talk about her a little bit and they start to build her up but she does become a good character right. over time mm-hmm. well there's like I said, there's the fight scene between the night crawlers. Wolverine's gonna cut them both and see, you know, the fuzzy one will be fuzzy elf will be able to bamf out of the way. And she has this thing that, you know, she has to caulk him down a little, a, a little bit. And this is the scene that Brother Beavis was talking about. And I wouldn't take that from Cyclops. And she's like, "You'll take it from me." 
So, but she also talked him into this thing, like, well, because of your speed and strength, you should not be able, you know, you shouldn't even have to use your claws. Oh, yeah. say what? Yeah, no. <laughs> I need to use my claws because I don't have that much going on. I need to definitely do that. And, of course, you have, the, you have excellent strength and, and probably remarkable agility. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have no body armor, and uh, yeah, maybe you should use your claws. Yeah, maybe too. Yeah. But like a lot. Um, and he's always trying to, and he can't. Uh, but Avalanche comes in and breaks up the party since they were like to talk about it. Wolverine's still down, and he uses that old scene with the fulcrum to get a blob out of the air. Which again, the, the wrong end of the fulcrum, I might add. Yes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there's the science part of it, but there's also the nebulous powers of the blob. Nothing can move the blob, oh, except if you have like a, you know, a, you know, Nothing can move the blob laterally, but everything moves the blob (laughs) vertically. (laughs) I just wasn't specific enough. Nothing can move the blob laterally. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so Colossus gets him in the air, and he knocks him out into uh, Avalanche. Uh, For some reason, Storm finally realizes, you know, if I put rain on Pyro, I could probably put him out. (laughs) What, it is what is it that goes against fire? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, anybody else remember? Yeah, anybody got that? And do I have that power? Storm. Wait. Oh, yeah, okay, got it. Um, and then finally, Wolver- or Nightcrawler knocks out Mystique, and she finds out, like, yeah, ask your mother, whatever that name is, and uh, that's it. And then Nightcrawler's, you know, dumbfounded, and then, and then she disappears. And of course, because he's always having been late. written off the page. Yes, and not having fought anybody other than flying. They're like, ra- they're like rather than make you actually lose to somebody, we're just going to write you out of the story for a little bit. Yeah, it's really just bad. Uh-huh. He should be pushing the professor around in his wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> one yeah. job, yeah. Yeah, you got one job, man. Um, mm-hmm. Don't do nothing else. <laughs> don't uh, So the book has... Your phone, dude. What'd you say? There's no hate on Nightcrawlers, dude. Well, but uh, yeah, hate on dude. Yeah, to have them both on the team is really quite pointless. To yeah, have they one would yeah. be enough. To have them both and Kitty Pride is really having three <laughs> useless X Men on the team. <laughs> I mean, they're all yeah. really kind of useless. They serve no real purpose. And they don't enhance the team in any way whatsoever. So, like, I don't, yeah, there's no point. Yeah. I mean, bringing Angel back to the team because Cyclops left was essentially like, well, we lost one original, let's bring back, or two originals because we killed Gene uh-huh. Gray. So we got to bring somebody back. So Beast is an Avenger. Yeah. Iceman is nowhere to be found. At he's, in he's in college, the champion at this time. Yeah, you know, the champions. No, at this point, he's in college. He just he's oh. studying. With Peter they bring him back in a, they bring him back in a few episodes. Um okay. but he's in college. With right. Peter Parker and Firestar, right? Uh no. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, Wouldn't that be funny of a not, That's not Earth sixteen. <laughs> no, okay. Noted. Um so yeah, so once we get to now this is the weirdest thing when I read this. It was like, oh, okay, back to uh, 2013. It was like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. So <laughs> yeah. days of future past already passed? 
It, it, and we've survived Thunder. We've already yeah. survived Thunder the Barbarian and <laughs> so we got all that going yeah. for us. Wait, when was Thundar the Barbarian? It was like 1994. Wasn't that 1994 or some shit. Oh, wow. Can I say yeah. that I never really was a big fan of that show? Was that, was no, that neither, was, cannot, neither was you I. Can't, you can't I, say, no, neither of you can say that on this podcast. You can uh, have your own podcast late. when I'm not around to talk about it. <laughs> and Ookla was the only thing I cared about before in that whole cartoon because he was Lord. crazy. That's awful. I'm sorry, man. Y'all can't. <laughs> I cannot float with any of that stuff. That yeah. is Thundar. Terrible. Everybody's That's got a pretty thing. funny Thundar thing. Like, you can get those. That's why I like to have them. There's a funny thing. Like, Ookla, in D&D terms, could not make a saving throw. He was vulnerable to every form of spell, every form of poison. <laughs> Every form of magic that that he got taken out by everything. It was hysterical. <laughs> nice. Well, in 2013, apparently the Sentinels have taken over the Earth, and we are down to Cyclops or Colossus, Storm, and Wolverine to save us from everything. Um, and it's not going to go so well. Basically, and several um, panels later, we're down to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and and fast- Rachel, Rachel's still outside. Rachel, oh lord! Right. Uh, fastball special turns into Wolverine getting vaporized into nothing but bones. Yes, yeah. uh, and again, that was a shocking scene in 1980 for me. Uh, it was like, whoa! How in the world? What? Whoa! Like they just vaporized freaking Wolverine, and. Um, the shocked look on the faces of everybody else leads to another battle, but then more Sentinel. And that's, again, that's one of the scenes that I, I like about the movie is where they just kept sending Sentinels, like just tons and tons yeah. of Sentinels uh, from the future. Um, and they, you know, especially at the end where the assault, you know, on their final base, you know, where everybody's thinking that everything is all hunky-dory, and it really isn't. And, uh I just I just love the, the that sight of all those waves of sentinels coming after those people. Um yeah. it's just a good scene. And then they even take a scene kinda sorta from there where Storm mm-hmm. does her bit and they think she's okay and then she gets impaled by mm-hmm. one of the sentinels in the book and then in the movie as well where she gets you know, some Sentinels got some nebulous powers too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, these are all one, like Nimrod type Sentinels. Yeah, yeah they can the do one's got thing. vaporizing powers out of his hand, and this one can shoot like darts uh, that can go mm-hmm. through people's bodies. Um, but so I guess the theory is like either it's going to work or it's not, and if it's not, we might as well go all out. Oh, is that their plan? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean. That has to be it because, you know, I mean, they save, you know, they got Kitty's body out there and Rachel's there. I guess if something were to happen, they could continue to fight some other way. But, hmm. you know, um, yeah, Rachel's a pointless character. I think we've talked about this. It's, it doesn't get any better when they finally do reintroduce her into the ter- the current timeline. You're a fan yeah, of Rachel Summers, No. Yeah. Yeah, she always has um, and always will. Um, But, yeah, so Colossus gets upset. You know, once Storm dies, he goes nuts. 
you just see a lot of it off panel, but he's just, you know, having this huge fight and beating everybody up apparently, even though we don't get a chance to see it. But when he dies, he dies, you know, so he wouldn't die alone. I think she's up to, you know, didn't she do that or something? I can't. I don't want Peter to be alone when he, and he's dead so quickly. Yeah. Um, so nope. that's it. Yeah. Right. He died quick. Yeah, yeah, they didn't even show it. He just, she just says it. He's dead yeah. so quickly. Yeah. 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 And so now the scene shifts back to the future. Senator Kelly not backing down, you know, in Ryan Lochte fashion. You know, like, hey, man, whatever. <laughs> I said, fine. Like, yeah, okay. Um, and, of course, Kitty Pride with the hot tag and gets in phases through Destiny. Now, I thought that would, like, kill people when she phased through them on purpose. Like, if she didn't do it, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was one of her powers. Mm-hmm. Like, if she phased through somebody, when it wasn't on purpose, like, when she did it to help somebody, it was fine. But when she just goes through them, I don't know. It was weird. Mm-hmm. So, he doesn't die. He gets She gets time-shifted back. And everybody, again, has to save Kitty. And that's pretty much the end. Um, you know, Mystique is in the in the shadows. Um Kitty doesn't really remember much about what happened. Um and you know, what does this leave for the future? And then we get this shift scene with Henry Period of Gyrick, Sebastian Shaw, who was way up in the Sentinel program as it was, which again we were as we talked about in the Hellfire Club issues like, Why are you, you know, all into the Hellfire Club because it's really kind of working against your own personal interests and that's it. Next episode, Demon. Remember what that is all about. That's so, a uh, Kitty Pride special. Yeah, really? yeah. You don't want to read it. It was all about Kitty Pride, basically destroying the mansion, trying to run, run from this demon. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly what you I think mean, it is. That's serious. Yeah, yeah that's what it's about. Oh, that's the Christmas issue. Yep. Uh, yeah. Lord. Oh. When you're alone, Kitty Pride, no one can hear you scream. No, oh, my. God. When you're alone, Big Hutch, no one can hear you scream about Kitty Pride. <laughs> Yikes! Well, that's it. So, I mean, again, kind of playing back from the the cartoon as well. You know, Bishop they save Senator Kelly there too, um, but that also leads to the final because they they did that in season one of the X Men yep. animated series, and it leads to the last issues. You know, because Senator Kelly is actually gets kidnapped from by Magneto. My watch has stopped. So good. It's been magnetized. But Professor, yeah. what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe Brother Beavis and I may have watched these a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, that does lead to that issue, you know, where they have to go out and save him, but also fight against Bolivar Trask and the Sentinel. Um, it's, you know, it's a really good issue. Um uh, or a really good episode. I mean, they did a very good job of, you know, kind of selling those stories. Uh, uh, Bishop gets transported back into the future, but he will return. Uh, he is definitely the time lost man all over the place in the X-Men uh, animated series. It's ridiculous. He doesn't have himself. a happy ending, does he? No, he doesn't. No. Remember there's an episode where he gets caught on the time stream and he's oh, there's some, yeah. like, imp there well, like, that yeah, yeah. yeah. turns out Didn't to be a mortis or whatever yeah it's just, oh boy yeah it's not good um mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's it's not a good run for Bishop in there. And we could talk about how Bishop gets shafted in the Days of Future Past movie too with um yeah. I think he gets like seven words of dialogue. Um, Did he have that many? I didn't think he had that. Well yeah. somebody who's just in the future turns out very well. Right. Yeah. But yeah. still he I mean, you know, I mean Bishop is a again, since there's not that many black characters you should give him something. I guess they were like, well, Storm talks, but even she doesn't do too much talking. To you know what I mean? So it's just, I mean, it, he gets few, so few dialogue, you don't even know that he, I mean, I'm not even sure if he even does talk. You know, I mean, it's just bad. And the way they did his powers too, was like it could only, only like it could only come through his gun. Uh, I didn't like that either. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't care for that. You know, I mean, again, he's not one of my, he's not my favorite character at all, but I mean, he should get a little bit more respect than that. Um, but, you know, because <laughs> comics. Yeah. So, yep. That's that. Rich, there's also awful. Who? The Dreadlock Moe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, well. Did he have Dreadlocks <laughs> in the movie? Yes, he yeah, did. I think he did, yeah. Because the Jerry Cromo yeah. is spectacular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was curly. I, they were trying to do two things at once. It was terrible in the wow. comics. Yeah. But again, they came through with a very credible version of that story that, again, none of us hate. And they could have easily made something that was awful and yes, uh, ruined their franchise like they just did after Apocalypse. Um so how did that go it, so bad? It's apocalypse. Not it's not a good movie for one. It's a hard villain to do. First of all, his it's his, hard. his yeah his um his motivations are nebulous. <laughs> we don't yes, really know nebulous. what the hell he wants. Right. That's and one I of the also, main problems. And I also think too that setting that movie in the eighties just for shits and giggles didn't help yes. that movie at all. And they it, did it, not capitalize on that at all. No, it, but it didn't need to happen. Like we're like, well, this one was in the '60s and this one was in the '70s, so we're gonna put this one in the '80s. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, no when to get out, man. Like, no when to get out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the distinction between like when they set it in the '70s and it's on the it's on the backstop of the geopolitical turmoil of the time in sync with significant events versus we we kind of do some side references to some of the fads of the day. Right. Yeah. Right. My Dazzler right. album. Right. It, it just, it didn't make any sense. And, you know, it, it, you're, yeah. you're trying to establish characters that people maybe don't care about yet. Like, Hey, well, this is Cyclops. Well, we hadn't seen Cyclops, at least this version of Cyclops ever. So you're telling me I'm supposed to care, but I don't know anything about this character, like at all. Mm-hmm. You would have done better to just have Havoc be in the movie and not introduce Cyclops, because Havoc yeah. has been in the other two movies already. Right. Instead of making right. him like the, you know, it just, mm-hmm. just didn't make sense. It just and they were just putting people. I don't know, man. It, and 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 they're trying to fast track Phoenix again, and I mean they they pretty much reveal it at the end of the movie that she's pretty much one the main reason they. Uh, beat apocalypse and uh, they just right. I don't know they just they just don't know where to go with this thing it's, it's very dis- it's dis- disjointed it just seems like a bunch of pieces that were on a cutting room floor and they were like let's put this in a movie and you mm-hmm. know 
people will see it, and people didn't. I mean, they rejected it. You know, I mean, it's like it's the least grossing X-Men movie of all time. That's saying something. Yeah, it made money, but it didn't make, you know, what they wanted to, obviously. No. Um, And um, without Wolverine to lean on anymore, I mean, I'm really curious, like, what they're going to do with the mainland franchise from here on out. Right. Agreed. Wow. Okay. So that gets us through the days of future past. Um, Not sure where we're going with this next, Hutch. Where where are we stopping at? (laughs) We lose him. Gone. Yeah, boy. We might have lost him. Um, I'm not sure where we're stopping then. Uh, my thought would be we're definitely not doing the Kitty Pride demon story. Um, <laughs> I'm certain of that. Um, uh, that is not happening. Um, so I would probably. Yeah. Well, Hutch said. Hutch said. Oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. Doctor Doom. Well, the Doctor Doom story is pretty interesting. It spans a few issues. It brings back some old school characters. Yeah, I've been trying to read ahead a little bit to figure out where we stop. But the thing is, like, with the, the the Testament of the Claremont era is, like, it's all, like, one story. So it's sort of hard to parse out. Right. Right. That's, that yeah, starts out like one. I mean, uh, it's, like, it's, like, one, like, 44, maybe. And it leads directly from there into the showdown with Magneto in one fifty. Right. Yeah, I think like the next big event type story, you know, obviously the mutant massacre is out there, but that's like one eighty or something like that. Yeah. Um, But prior to that, the brood is a big story. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Okay. You might have to something else. Sure. Oh. Dang it. I missed the um I missed that there. Now one forty five was cry despair. So that's not a that's not a great story. Yeah. No. Um, like yeah, you said, the yeah, Doom I, story. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the Doom yeah. that's that Doom sounds good. Um, There's another quick Hellfire Club story with the White Queen switches places with uh, Storm. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, actually, Storm plays a, a big role in the Doctor Doom story. Yeah, yeah, she does. Is that the one where she almost where she yeah. turns into a goddess too, and they think they might kill her? They yeah. to that they might kill her. Yeah, she goes crazy. Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll have to look at that and see. Um, who becomes the artist on this book after Burn leaves? Dave, Dave Cochran, Cochran for a long while. Yeah, Cochran, yeah. right? Yeah. Didn't he do? Yeah. Didn't he do some before Burn started? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, he's a good artist too, actually. Um, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, there's Murder hey. World. How about yeah. what about? What about the X Men Teen Titans crossover? I think I I had that book. What are you talking um, about? Is that that's that involves who? Phoenix? Huh? That involves about Phoenix. Right? Thanos wasn't it? Was Dark Side Phoenix? And uh, um, was that it? I have to, I can't remember. Um, Wolverine. Uh, what? Uh, Dark Side Minions. Those demon dogs or whatever. Parademons. Parademons. 
It was all over the place. Yeah, yeah I don't remember much about it. Oh, and uh, Deathstroke is in it, too. I forgot about yeah, him. Of course yeah. he is. Well, of course. Of course. Because he's is. the one Titan villain that was worth anything. Yeah, pretty much. Ugh. Or Trigon. No outside comment. of Trigon, I guess. Yeah. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll figure out the story um, where we're going to go uh, from here um, and kind of get that loaded. I might put that out there on Twitter and Facebook to see some people kind of, you know, a lot of people have X-Men history just like we do. And there's some stories, you know, that people want to see or hear. So we'll put that out there too. Um, but, um, so you will be able to find this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, you know, definitely give it a listen. If you like it, uh, favorite it, retweet it, um, five star ratings and whatnot, uh, leave a review. Um, that's about it. That's about it. Uh oh. That Adrian Peterson they're taking to the locker room, y'all. Yeah, they got him on um two men are carrying him into the locker room. Yeah, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that ain't good. That's not good. No. Of course we don't play them this year. But whatever. <laughs> All right. So um <laughs> the year we play him. He'd be healthy. Right. Um Yes. So anyway. Sorry, so we're gonna sign off here. I am the producer. Sign off. Uh Big Hutch, man. You've been so mightily quiet tonight. I mean, he's still taking that Steeler loss very heavily. We are. To all the love the X-Men, I do too. Go Colossus 2016. Duly noted. Sign off. Sign off, Sandman. I will see you in humans next week. Peace out. All right, Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off. Uh, I'll catch you next time. All right, people. Take it easy. Peace.